heart to understand and a mind to see that these are destiny moments that are laid before us. In this moment, Lord, you are pushing us in the way that you'd have us to go. You're pushing us towards your promises. And Lord, you're making plain the way that you would have us to go. Lord, we ask that in this moment we recognize the importance. And Lord, most of all, let us not leave here unchanged. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. We're certainly grateful to each of you who've joined us on this morning. And to those who are joining us virtually, we praise God for you as well. God is good all the time. Amen. And, I, and all the time, God is good. That's not something we just say, that that's something that we believe. That's something that we have confidence in. That's something that helps us get through the day and get through the week is knowing that at all times, God is good. And David put it this way, and his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the King of Kings for his mercy endures forever. And I appreciate God's goodness, but I wouldn't have access to his goodness if it wasn't for his mercy. I wish I had some real people in here this morning. I wouldn't have access to his goodness if it wasn't for his mercy because I didn't deserve his goodness. But it's because of his mercy that I'm, that I'm not consumed. Great is God's faithfulness to me. I, I have access to his faithfulness. I have access to his goodness because of his mercy. And I'm grateful that his mercy, it endures forever. God bless you on this morning. We're going quickly to the word of the Lord. If you'll follow us, we've been staying in Hebrews 11. And our initial scripture on this morning will be Hebrews 11 and 1. We've been talking all through this month through our series on expectation. And we're going to start at Hebrews 11 and 1. But then I'm going to take you back a little bit. And we're going to go to Ruth, the first chapter. And look at verses 12 through 14. We're going to start with Hebrews 11 and 1, as we have been during this, during this month. And then I'm going to take you back a little bit, and we're going to look at Ruth chapter 1. And we're going to be looking at verses 12 through 14. If you have that, say amen. <laughs> Hebrews 11 and 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, if you'll follow me to Ruth chapter 1 and verse 12. And it says, turn back, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night and bear sons, would you therefore wait till they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is exceedingly bitter for me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. I'm going to read just a few excerpts of that which we just read, and I'm going to leave this with you. She says, if I should say... I have hope. That's verse 12. Then in 13 it says, Would you therefore wait? And then at the end it says, Ruth clung to her. I'm going to leave you the question this morning, is it worth waiting for? Is it worth waiting for? I, 
Our thought for this morning is the substance of hope, but the question that I'm posing to you this morning, is it worth waiting for? And I used it, I used the pronoun it, because I don't want to define what it is. It may be different for each and every person in this place. It may be a dream that keeps recurring in your mind. It may be the hope that you have relative to a situation. It may be the faith that you have in something that you're working with or dealing with right now. I don't want to define what it is, but I'm asking you the question, whatever you're praying for, whatever you're hoping for, whatever direction you have poured your faith in, is it worth waiting for? We look at the story here, Ruth, and Ruth and her sister-in-law, if you will, both of their husbands have died, and they're now with their mother-in-law. And while with her mother-in-law, she has begun to lose hope. Why? Because her husband is dead, and both of her sons are dead. And understanding it a little bit better, that means that her income stream has totally been evaporated. But not only her income stream, but her covering. Because her husband, not only was he her covering, but the husband, her husband and her sons were her legitimacy. By that, what do I mean? We knew this, know the standing of the woman being alone. She didn't have much support back in those days. Just being a woman alone with, with no children and no husband, that was almost an embarrassment back then. It was hard to make it. It was hard to go through life. And then people gave you the side eye constantly. People were constantly looking at you. you. You must be stricken. You must be diseased. There must be something wrong with you. You must have fallen out of favor with God because you don't have a husband and you don't have any sons. That's why here in the text she says, don't stay with me because the hand of God has gone out against me. What she's saying is I feel like God has forsaken me. But something that she says here that we want to talk about this morning, she said, if I should say I have hope. She didn't say, she didn't say I have hope. She said, if I just said that I had hope, she's telling them it's really not worth waiting for. It's not worth waiting for. If you are hoping that I'll have a son, and then even if I get a husband and then I have a son, then it'd be so long before he grew up it's simply not worth waiting for. So again, I pose to you the question, whatever it is in your life, is it worth waiting for? We want to talk about what the word says here and the substance of things hoped for. And we want to break down hope into three of the definitions that most theologians assign to this word. When they talk about substance, there, there, there's some division as to what it means. And if you look at different versions, it says something different. It says the substance in the King James Version is going to say the faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. If you look at other versions, it might say it is the confidence of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In, other, in another version, it's, one says substance, one says confidence, and then the other, the other one will say it is the grounds for things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I want to talk about all three of the definitions that have been assigned to the word substance, and we're going to start with substance itself in the King James Version. What do we think of substance? Substance generally means it is the confidence. It is the, it's not as much something that has been experienced, but something that has not been experienced, 
but only hoped for, but it comes, becomes real through faith. It's something that you're hoping for, and you can't touch it, but the thing that you're hoping for becomes real through faith. It's as, it's as if it's an idea, but through faith, faith manifests this idea into something that you can actually touch. That's, again, the substance of something you hope for, that through faith, you actually can lay hands on it. You can't see it now. You can't touch it right now. But through faith, it becomes real. You know, we, all, we, we talk about we, we pray for those things that are not, believing those things that are not as though they were. That's what, that's what substance is. We're, we're believing for that thing, but through faith, we're, that thing becomes real to the point where we can touch that which we have hoped for. We see a manifestation of that which we've hoped for. The, the, the woman who, who's hoping to become pregnant, and then she finally gets her pregnancy results, and it says she's finally pregnant. She's experienced the substance of something that she hoped for. When, when, you're, when you're in school and you're trying to get that diploma and you believe that you're going to get that degree, you're going to get that diploma, and, and you're working and you're hoping for that thing, then one day they put it in your hand. That is the substance of something that you were hoping for. So when we say substance here, what, what we're saying is that I hoped for it for so long that it finally became real, but in the middle of that hoping and manifestation, I had to keep on working. Between the hope and, and the manifestation, I had to keep working for that thing. I had to keep hoping for that thing. I had to keep praying for that thing. So while I was waiting, I was still working. While I was waiting, I was still hoping. And while I was waiting, I was yet praying for the thing that I had hoped for. Kept on hoping even through rainy days, through, through dad would say see nothing days. When, when I don't see anything, I'm still hoping and praying for that thing. I'm believing and working in that direction because substance means even though I'm hoping right now, at some point I'm going to touch and lay hands on the thing that I hoped for. And, and, and that, that takes faith. It, that, 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 that's a real test of your faith when you have to keep hoping for it and believing for it and working for it when you can't touch it. Clark says to say, I, I, I believe for the impossible. I, I, they say, I, I'm touching the intangible. I'm seeing the invisible. In other words, my hope is pointing me into a direction that even though I have to wait, I'm believing by faith that I'm going to lay hands on that which I have hoped for. Why don't you help your neighbor this morning, point at him and say, you're going to lay hands on the thing that you've hoped for. And somebody needed that encouragement this morning, and I, and I hope to share that and speak that into somebody's spirit, that you're going to lay hands, you're going to be able to touch, it's, it's going to be substantiated, that thing that you have simply hoped in God for. I'm going to touch it, I'm going to lay hands on it, I'm going to believe God that it's going to happen. I haven't touched it yet, and I'm hoping it's coming in my direction, but I'm yet working and believing for it until I touch it. But see, in the interim, see, the devil also works. Because we say faith comes by what? So also does doubt. Doubt comes by hearing. 
So in between you hoping for something and you touching it, you have to wait, you have to be careful who you listen to. Who are you listening to? Boy, ask, ask your neighbor, who are you listening to? Who, who, who are you listening to? Who's in your ear? Who are you allowing to speak over your life? Because if faith comes by hearing and doubt comes by hearing, then I have to make sure that I'm careful as to what I listen to. And even more so, I have to be careful who I allow to speak into my life. And what do you mean? Well, I I can't make them shut up, but you don't have to listen. I I can't make them stop talking, but but I don't have to allow it to penetrate. Uh, I wish y'all were here with me. I don't have to allow it to penetrate my faith. I don't have to allow it to impact my hope. They may be saying something that contradicts what God told me, but I'm not going to change my confidence. I'm not going to change my belief. I'm not going to adjust my hope because I'm trusting in God for this. Trusting God for this. And if I'm trusting God for this, then it doesn't matter what Facebook says. Because I'm not trusting Facebook. I'm trusting God. And so since I'm trusting God for it, it doesn't matter what the stock market says. Because I'm not trusting the stock market. I'm trusting God. Well, they're trying to adjust for inflation right now, so they're allowing the interest rates to go back up. And I'm trying to buy a house. Baby, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried about the interest rates. Because I'm not trusting in the interest rate. My hope is in God. Somebody say it with me. Say, my hope is in God. My hope is in God. That's where I place my hope. My hope is in God. So that means even when it seems like I'm receiving contrary evidence from the people who are around me, it does not matter because my hope is in God. I don't allow what others say to shape my hope. Or if you get that, you'll be blessed by yourself if you don't get anything else. I don't allow what other people say to shape my hope. I'm not going to hope any less just because you have written a dissertation as to why what I'm hoping for will not happen. Does not matter how educated you are because my hope is not in your intelligence. My hope is not in your research. My hope is in God. Can you imagine the amount of hope that that, that Noah had to have to preach for years that that it's going to rain? And every year it seemed like it was a little bit drier than it was the year before. But Noah said, my hope not in the forecast. My hope is not in the meteorologist. Uh, you ought to go help me. My, my hope is not based on what I see. My hope is based on what God told me. Uh, so, so, yeah, I, I don't see any, any, any rain, but Shem, go, go get me the hammer. Don't, don't see any rain, but Japheth, go, go out there and get me a little more wood because my hope is not based on what I see. My hope is based on what God told me. So I, I, I'm asking you the question. It, I'm not asking you what does it look like. We'll ask you what did God say? I, because what it looks like often does not match what God Talk to me, Moses. Moses said, God, he said, I, I, he's going to call me to deliver the, the children of Israel out of Egypt. God said, that's going to happen. I'm going, we're going to be delivered out of Egypt. But, but on my way out, 
He runs me right into the Red Sea. So what I'm seeing doesn't seem to match up with what God told me. The thing about it is God knew where the Red Sea was. He ran them right into it. But, 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 but why would God run me right into an obstacle that I can't overcome myself? And many of us ask that same question. Why would God run us directly into an obstacle that we don't have the power to overcome ourselves? So if he ran me in this direction, if he put me in a place in front of an obstacle that I can't overcome myself, then what God is waiting for is me to activate my faith. It's to activate my trust. Sometimes God is creating more dependency for a reason. I'm encountering this storm so that I can be more dependent. Uh, The the songwriters, they used to sing to me. The old saints used to sing to me. Y'all said, learning to lean, Mother Linda. Learning to lean, learning to lean. I'm learning to depend on God. So when he runs me into an obstacle that I can't overcome myself, he's teaching me to lean. He's teaching me to depend a little bit more on him. If I didn't have an obstacle, I'd keep walking. And at some point, I might forget that I needed God to get me here. But you sang another song to me and said, if it had not been for the Lord, I wish you were here with me, who was on my side, he needed to run me into the sea as a reminder to me that I'm not doing this by myself, but it's only by the grace and mercy of God that I'm still here. So sometimes I have life-endangering moments so God can make me appreciate just being here. I wish I had a few witnesses in here. Sometimes he allows the scan to look a little contrary. So he's teaching me to lean. He's learning. I'm learning to depend on him. I'm learning to appreciate that being here is a blessing. I'm learning to praise him. I'm learning to praise him for waking up. Uh, I wish I, uh, if I had a few witnesses in here, you'd be praising him with me. I'm learning to, to praise him for waking up because have you ever had a moment where you wondered if you would? Oh, then you, when you wake up, you say, Lord, I, I thank you for another day. Lord, Lord, I thank you for breath in my body. Lord, I thank you for being in my right mind. Lord, I thank you for the strength to lift my hands. Lord, I thank you for a voice to say hallelujah. The storm didn't come, and I'm going to help somebody here. The storm didn't come to take you out. The storm came to make you lean a little harder on God and appreciate, Lord, I thank you for just being here. Somebody say, Lord, I thank you. Oh, come on, throw up those hands and say, Lord, I thank you. Hallelujah, Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Teaching me. While I'm waiting between hope and substance, while I'm waiting for what I prayed for and what I can touch, God is teaching me to depend upon him. Now, I told you that substance, that's one definition of what it means there in Hebrews 11 and 1. The second definition that it gives is grounds, or if not grounds, to make it more clear, it's talking about 
foundation. So let me substitute the word in context. Faith is the foundation of things we hope for. It is the foundation of things we hope for. Let me put it this way. It is the foundation of hope. It's foundation. And what, what do I mean by foundation? Well, I'm a big guy, but I can jump right here on this stage and have confidence because I know we have a good foundation. If we didn't have a good foundation, I might be tipping gingerly. <laughs> oh, come on now, y'all. Y'all been in some houses where you had to creep. You had to creep a little bit. Seemed a little bit unsturdy. When you move, the house moved. Come on here with me now. You were wondering whether you would find your foot through the bottom of the floor on the ground because you were a little concerned about the foundation that you were standing on. So, but if you have a good foundation, then you don't mind walking. I can walk with confidence on a firm foundation. I can walk with confidence on my faith. I can walk like David, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I, I can walk with my head up high. I, I can walk with confidence. I can walk and I'll fear no evil because somebody say the Lord is with me. So if my faith is a foundation, then I, if I have a good foundation, there's stuff I'll do on a good foundation that I won't do on a bad foundation. On a bad foundation, I walk like this. On a good foundation, I can walk. I can run and not get weary. I can walk and not faint because I'm on a good foundation. I can leap for joy on a good foundation because my confidence is that whatever I hope for, God can back up anything I hope for. Elijah had a lot of confidence because he stood before the king and he said, at my word, There'll be no rain these years. It's not because Elijah could stop the rain. It's because he was speaking from a good foundation. And he said, if I say it, and if I believe it, I have a God that can make it happen. I wish I had a few folks in here. I don't know what you're praying for, but let me let you know you're on a good foundation. So whatever you pray for, Jesus said, I got a good foundation. He said, I've already made my sacrifice. He said, I've already been to the cross. He said, if you ask anything, anything, anything in my name I got a good foundation no matter what you ask for he said I'm able somebody say able he said I'm able to do it so if you ask you need a new house he said you got a good foundation he said go ahead and ask in fact Jesus said he said the reason your joy is not complete yet he said because you have not not asked in my name. He said, my name is good for it. Somebody point at your neighbor and say, Jesus said, my name is good for it. I don't know what you're asking for. I don't know what you're praying for. But he said, if you ask in 
definition of any of the three. In fact, in most of your versions, it will say confidence or assurance. When it says the confidence of things hoped for or the assurance of things hoped for, it reminds me of what the Lord said, therefore, I can come boldly to the throne of grace. That means whatever I'm asking for, I don't have to hide what I'm asking for. I don't have to feel ashamed when I ask for it. I don't have to feel like God won't do it. If I ask for it, I can come boldly. Somebody say come boldly. If I can come boldly when I'm in the middle of my sin, if I can come boldly when I know I've already messed up, when I can come boldly, help me now, when I still got the cigarettes in my pocket, if I can come boldly when I still got marijuana in my system, if I can come boldly when I just got out of somebody's bed, if I can come boldly when I still got alcohol on my breath, if I can come boldly and ask for salvation, anything I ask for God somebody say anything anything that I ask for him I can come boldly I can come with assurance because you might not know who I am but in case nobody else told you in case you didn't see it on my driver's license I am a child of the king Jesus said that I'm his brother that I 
am a child of the king. I'm an heir of God. And I'm a co-heir with Jesus Christ. Somebody say, I'm a child of the king. I'm like the prodigal son. I'm going back home. But don't get it twisted. The man who owns the house, we share the same name. Y'all didn't get that. But I'm going to a home that has my name on it. And I came to tell somebody right now, you're going to ask before a throne with a God that put his name on you. And because we share the same name, I'll ask with confidence. I'll say, Lord, you know what I need. Lord, you know what I've done. But you know what I need. I can stand with confidence. I can stand with assurance. And once I've said it, I have enough faith to believe it. I have the same faith that I have in Amazon. If I order the thing from Amazon, I start looking outside my door because I'm expecting. Somebody say expecting. I'm expecting them to deliver that which I ordered for the last time. The next time you ask something from God, I want you to open your door. Your coach, because I'm expecting God to do exactly what He said. Because my God, He shall supply all my needs according to His will. Everybody said it to you, pointing three people and say, He's gonna do it. Pointing three people say, He's gonna do it. He's gonna do it. He's gonna do it. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you do. But he's gonna do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, do it for me. Right now. Say, do it for me. Lord, do it for me. Lord, do it for me. Right now, come on, put those hands together and give God the word. your word Lord somebody just has not asked Lord today your word your message gave them the confidence to ask it gave them the confidence to stand on the foundation of faith and to come boldly Lord to come with confidence to come with assurance we're believing by faith that it is done right now in the name of Jesus whatever it is that they're asking for Lord there is nothing that is impossible to you. Lord, we're declaring that it is done in Jesus' name. And Lord, even for those listening online, for those who are watching virtually, whatever their prayer request may be, Lord, I pray that they ask you boldly right now in the name of Jesus. And whatever they ask, Lord, you do it. Lord, you do it. Lord, you do it right now in Jesus' name. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah. Come on and give him some praise. For those of you who've been watching us virtually, we pray that you live by faith and with great expectation until we shall see you again. God bless you.
hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.